Yeah, you guys ready? Come on, let's all stand up. Thank you guys. Let's stand up. Good to see you. Hey, it's great to see you. Not just good, it's great to see you guys. Well, thank you, thank you. Y'all are family, some of you, all of y'all family, but you know, anyway, sit down. Love you guys. You guys ready? We've got a, a, a great day uh, planned in the Word, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But before we get started, I just, wanted to, I just wanted to say great first week of small groups, guys. Yeah, yeah. And, and if, you haven't, if you haven't joined a small group, go ahead and jump in. Uh, you can do that at cotmtyler.org. Or out at the Welcome Center, you can go ahead and sign up there and, and, and do that. And uh, get, in, get in a group, get in a group, get in a group. It'll be great, great, all right? And so uh, today I do, I do want to say that uh, if you haven't gotten and jumped on our growth track, today's step two in our growth track process. And we want to we connect people and help people to move from just experiencing the life of God in, to a place where they're, they're giving their life away and making a life-giving difference in the lives of others. Because I'm telling you, that's where, where God has us and wants us, and that's where life is really fun, Amen. making a difference in others. Amen? Amen. Well, this morning, this morning, I'm going to talk to you about forgotten virtues, and I want to jump into, into that, and I just want to, I just want to uh, make note of this, is that this is a relationship series. Uh, a relationship series. Last week, as I noted earlier, is that uh, I'm talk- I started out talking about the virtue of generosity. There is no relationship that will survive without generosity. And if you do, if you stay together, I'm telling you, you guys are either emotionally divorced, you may be sleeping in the same house, and, uh, but you're just, life's not very fun. And, uh, and, and so we need, we need that virtue in our life. And I want to give you the definition of virtue. And uh, first of all, it says the term virtue is, in Greek, often refers to moral excellence and goodness. A virtue is a tendency, a habit, stemming from, from who you are at the core level to act in certain ways. Virtues, then, relate to who we are as people, our character. And so it becomes a part of us and how we, how we live. And that's why last week I talked about it's essential that we not just be givers, but we be generous. That we, we give our, of ourselves and our time. And as I noted last week, that there's times that we may be uh, generous financially, but we're stingy with our time. We're stingy with our, ourselves. And we need to be able to give ourselves away. I, I see parents. Parents, man, great providers. They work, work, work. They, they provide for their family great, but they're very stingy with their life, and as a result, their, their children suffer. They're not giving enough of themselves to their children or enough of themselves to their, their, their spouse, their, their, their wife or their husband, and as a result, it suffers. And so we got to be generous with every aspect of our life. And so we talked about that last week. And uh, it's, it's important that we have that happening in our relationships. So today, I want to talk to you about another virtue, and it's called the virtue of honor. And I believe that this is one of those uh, forgotten virtues. And uh, that, that a lot of people have gotten away from the importance of honor in their life. Not only honoring God, 
but honoring their relationships. And we've got to honor God, no doubt. And honestly, I don't think you can really honor God at the level that you need to honor God without honoring your relationships. I think that the two go hand in hand, that if you're not honoring your relationships, you're not honoring God. And, and, and one of the things that we'll note here in just a little bit, that, that uh, sometimes, or most of the time, if not all the time, those that we ought to be honoring at the highest level, our family members, our loved ones, our spouses, are the ones that uh, get the least honor in our lives. And so we'll discuss that in a little bit. But Ecclesiastes 7.29, I want you to see uh, what Scripture says. It says, but I did find this. It, this is a discovery I think that all of us need to have. That we, all of us need to find this, this truth to be something that, that is true in our lives. That God created people to be virtuous. But here's the problem. Though he created us for a, a, perf, a, a purpose and, a, and an, int, a, an intent for our life, uh, it says that we, each one of us, have turned and followed our own downward path. We get away, in other words. We get away from those virtues that God created us for. And, and I'm here to tell you that we're created to be different than this world. The Bible says don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. By the renewing of our minds. And so today we want to renew our minds to what God says concerning honor. That we, a matter of fact, I have it in my heart and I talked to our team about this last year. That, that we would have a, a, a honor uh, revival. Or movement. That we would, honor, we would honor God and we would honor each other so much. That it would become a movement. That it would revolutionize our relationships around us, not only our relationships, but our city. We've got to get back to the place where we're honoring not only God, but honoring each other. For some reason, we've gotten away and we've forgotten that virtue in our life. And so we're going to talk about some things. And and I'm going to tell you, it it happens to the best of us. It doesn't matter. You might say, well, people are not honor worthy. Uh, And and they're just not worthy of honor. So therefore, I'm not giving it. I mean, you ought to see who I'm married to. You you, you ought to see what I have to put up with. And it's, it's hard to honor him or it's hard to honor her. And I'm here to tell you, the best of the best are not getting honored. And I want, to see, I want you to see this out of Mark's Gospel, Mark chapter 6. A perfect person that walked this earth, that did everything right, that was perfect, did not sin. He lived his life without sin so that he could redeem our life. God in the flesh walked this earth, and we know him to be the Son of God, Jesus Christ. In Mark chapter 6, it says Jesus left there and went to his own hometown accompanied by his disciples. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogues and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, the the brother of James, Joseph, uh, Judas, and 
and Simon, aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Got offended. Oh my gosh. Here's Jesus. And, and, and I'm going to read on here in a minute. But here's Jesus. He came, he came and all he wanted to do was great things for mankind. He came to give his life. He didn't have to. He's God. He says, well, you know, God said, could have said, I'm going to just wipe him out and start over again. And, but he chose not to. He, came, he says, you know what? I'm going to go pay a price that I, for, for something I didn't do. I didn't commit this, this, uh, this, this sin. I didn't do it, but I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the blame. I'm going to take it on me. And so that, so that uh, people could come back, get back into right relationship with God. And he did that. And they were offended at him. And notice Jesus' response. He, he recognized something that I believe is forgotten in our day and age. He said this, A prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown, among his relatives, in his own home. He could do not. He could do not. Not in, he. Could, he could not do any miracles there except he lay his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. He was amazed at their unbelief. It just boggled him. It's like, oh my gosh, what is the deal here? <laughs> Have you ever done that with some relationship? It's like, don't they know any better? He was amazed. And, uh, and so what I want to do is I want to I break down Mark 6 for just a moment and talk about it. I've got a lot of stuff that I want to bring to us today and to the table today as we eat from the, the Word of God and from the table of the Word of God. And so first, off, first of all, I want to talk about giving honor. And, and the first thing that I want you to understand from this that we need to see about honor is that giving honor is crucial for the church. I mean, it's crucial. It's not, it's something that, that we desperately need restored back in the church as a whole. It's crucial. And the reason is, is without honor, God is limited in the church. Notice that Jesus, in Mark 6, verse 2, it said this, When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. This dishonor took place within the church house. It didn't just happen out there among the heathen, among the sinners, among the, the foolish. It happened within the church house where he was really boggled by what had just happened. It happened in the church. And I'm going to tell you that there's, that, that's happened, and sometimes it sneaks in and we don't even realize it. It sneaks in and it's, it's happening, and we don't even recognize that it's happening. A while ago, my screen was all dirty. So I got my shirt, and I, I do this all the time, and, and so I started cleaning, cleaning my, my screen with my shirt. And I saw these scratches, and I didn't realize that I had a couple of buttons underneath here that are sewed in 
case I lose some buttons. It does stink, doesn't it? Didn't even recognize it was happening. Sometimes we lose honor and we're losing that ability to honor people and we don't even recognize that it's happening. My, my, my heart is that we, we would restore honor, honor and that we would have a, a movement take place in our church, in our churches, in our city, in our homes, in our workplaces. There's too much dishonoring taking place. Too many people speaking and talking down one another. Those that are in authority, those out of authority. Our spouses, our children, or whatever. We need to restore honor back into our, into our life. It needs to become a virtue where it becomes a part of us. And this is just how we act. This is who we are. That we're going to honor one another. And the reason, one great reason is, is because if we don't honor, then it's going to limit God to do what he was wanting to, or wants to do in our lives. It limited, it limited what Jesus could do among his family and friends. It limited him. Did he want to do more? Absolutely. Do we want him to do more? Then we're going to have to honor and too, too, too many times where dishonor takes place is in our mouth. Or where we lack to honor people. We, we allow things to come out of our mouth that shouldn't be coming out of our mouth. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 says this. I want to read to you verse 29. It says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good and necessary for edification. The word edification means to build up. In other words, don't say anything if it isn't going to build somebody up. And it goes on to say, in the next part of this, it says that, that it may impart grace. And that it may impart grace. That it may impart grace to the hearers. What is grace? God's ability, God's power to accomplish God's will in our life. So that it may impart whatever is needed for that person to fulfill what God wants them to fulfill in their lives. When we're honoring people, it lifts people up. It doesn't tear people down. Verse 30 says this, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. I believe it grieves God's Spirit when we start to dishonor people. I've noticed when people have been dishonoring me, there's a lack of the flow of the Spirit of God through my life into their life. There's a hindrance that takes place. And, I, and, and, and so I, I'm constantly guarding my heart because I don't want to grieve the Spirit of God in my life. I need the power of God. I need, the, I need God working in me, and I need Him working through me. Amen. And so we need, to, we need to see that. The second thing I want you to see here is that giving honor is disrupting for the devil. It disrupts the devil. You know he's got a mission, right? To kill, steal, and destroy, right? And it disrupts him. Whenever, whenever we're honoring like we should honor, it just disrupts his plan, his, 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 his activity in our lives. It just puts a stop to it and says, uh-uh, no more. The devil. The devil is no threat where people are honoring. 
He is no threat where people are honoring. Why? Because it gives God full reign to do whatever he wants to do. Mark 6, 5 says that he could, do no, he, could do, he could not do any miracles there except he lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. The devil is defeated in our lives when we honor people and when we honor God. He's defeated in our lives when, 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 when we do that. I, I tell you, I was thinking about this just as quickly as I can. I was looking back over my life and I, I had this radical, radical conversion. When I came to know Christ, it wasn't this, uh, just this uh, uh, prayer that I prayed. I mean, I... I mean, the peace of God, the, the, I mean, God took that stony heart out of me and put a heart of flesh in me where I could love people. Now, I'm, I, I just love people, man. I love people. I, I love the heart that God's given me. And, and he took that stony heart out. And so I'm constantly guarding my heart because I want, I want God to use me in, in however he wants to use me in people's lives. And I had this radical conversion, and, and once that took place, five days later, my brother and his pastor came to my house, and, and they talked to me about being baptized in the Holy Spirit and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to impact my life on a greater level than ever before. And I just saw it in the Bible and said, if that's what God has for me, that's what I want. And I was still an alcoholic. I was still uh, just doing all kinds of stuff. And, and just five days. I'd just been saved five days. Come on now, give me a break. <laughs> and so I walk into my house with a couple of cases of beer. There, my brother and his pastor were there. Came from a neighboring city where they lived a couple hours away. And they're there. And I'm walking in. You know, I already sucked some down, sucked some suds down, had a cigarette coming out of my mouth, and it's just like, yay, yay, I'm here. It's like I'm enjoying Jesus. I had five days of Jesus. I was enjoying Jesus. I mean, it was, it was, it was awesome. He, he did something in my heart. I, had, I didn't know what God really had in store for me that day. And they said, listen, God wants you, he wants you delivered. He don't want you to be in bondage to anything, anything he doesn't want you in bondage to. And he wants to, he, you know, he said he would give you power if the Holy Spirit, if you, you invite him into your life. And I said, man, whatever he wants, I want. And I remember even prior to that, uh, just crying as an adult because I couldn't get away from alcohol. It had me gripped. I had done drugs and I was doing coke right before I got saved. And I, I, for those five days, I did no coke. So I wasn't snorting any coke during that time. So I was a good boy for five days. And, uh, and so anyway, long story short, they prayed with me. God came over my life. I got radically delivered. Poured out all that, uh, uh, those uh, Budweiser's in the sink, threw my cigarettes in the trash, and I've not touched any, any substance since. Radical, radical. And I tell you, it was my brother and his pastor came and they ministered to me and they ministered life and, and I was reached and touched because they honored me and they honored God and God used them in a, ma a ma massive way in our lives. It wasn't long after that, that same pastor that brought life, brought death. Because he dishonored, he first of all dishonored his wife, he dishonored my, my brother, he dishonored my, 
brother's wife. He had an an affair with my, my brother's wife. Split the church. People backslid, got away from God. People probably to this day are not serving God because of that. There was one couple that, or one one uh, lady that had a baby, and and she got away from God. Actually, is my brother's uh, ex-wife now, his ex-wife, and it was his sister, and and they were they were out in a neighboring town partying, and they were heading home, and they got in an accident, and that little baby got killed. No longer alive. Four years old, I think. And I'm telling you. When we are honoring God, it stops the devil. It disrupts him. When we quit honoring, it opens the door for him to come in and cause problems in our life. Somebody needs to hear this. I I tell you, it it opens the door. Let Let me give you some scripture here. First of all, uh... 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same suffering are expected by your bro- experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Resist him. And, and many times... And I'm going, to get, I'm going to get where you live, okay? Is that okay? Yes. Sometimes we, we allow ourselves to, uh, we allow our emotions to get out of control. And I've been there, I've done that, I've seen the repercussions of it. And, and I'm just going to tell you, listen, we have to walk in the Spirit. It's essential. There's so many moving parts in our life. If we don't have the Spirit working in our life, then it's going to cause problems. And I liken it to an engine, a motor engine, that in a motor engine, there's all kinds of moving parts taking place. There's, you know, there's your crankshafts and your, your, your camshafts and your lifters and your, your, uh, 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 your, your rods, your, uh, your piston rods and your, your pistons and all of that. How, how, you know what I'm talking about, right, women? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know all those things. They're, they're moving. And, 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 and what keeps those things, keeps that engine from blowing up is the, is the oil in the engine. And I'm here to tell you, without the Holy Spirit, we blow up. The Holy Spirit is the oil in our life. That's why we need to be led by the Spirit. Because if we're not led by the Spirit, all these moving parts going on in our life will blow up. We, we need His guidance. We need His leading in our life. Else, else it just blows up. And without the Holy Spirit, we... we we sometimes will allow our mouths to get out of control or we'll, we'll allow some emotions to get out of control. And we start to, instead of honoring, we dishonor. Proverbs 20 verse 3 says this, it says, Avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. Only fools insist on quarreling. I said I was going to get into your house, right? <laughs> Let's don't be a fool. 
let's, let's not insist on quarreling. Even though there may be opportunity to quarrel, oh my gosh, I have conversations with you. I understand. I'm not picking on you. I'm not picking on you. I'm not thinking of any... Well, I did just now because I was reminded of a conversation. I was thinking, man, they're thinking I'm talking about them. When I started out saying this, I, you weren't on my mind. You are now. Are you with me? I'm being daddy right now. I'm helping you out. So avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. And so we need to understand this. James chapter 3 says this in verse 13 through 18. It says, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life. Doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth by boasting and lying, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such, such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Amen. You know, I believe with all my heart that the devil, he's seeking whom he may devour. And who is he looking for? He's looking for those that are not being generous, and those that are not being honoring. And he says, oh, I can go after them, and I can devour them. There's just something, something supernatural when we live by God's word. There's just something, when we operate in the principles of God, the word of God, when we start doing what God says, it, it just empowers our life to be something that we couldn't be without it if we'll just start doing it. It's essential, and I'm not going to read the rest of it, but it's demonic. It's demonic when we allow ourselves to not live that, honor, that honorable life. Thirdly, giving honor is better for the believer. It's better for you. There, some people have a hard time esteeming others. Thinking by doing that, they're going to be less. I don't understand that. Maybe I've done it, I don't know. But I'm here to tell you, I want you to be everything that you can possibly be in your life. And if I can, if I can, if I can be a part of that, if I can honor you where you feel better about yourself, where I can add value to you, where you can rise up and be something that you couldn't be without my input in your life, oh man, I am all for it. I want to honor you at that level. Mark chapter 6 says he was amazed. He was amazed because of their lack of faith. Another translation says he marveled because of their unbelief. He marveled at it. It releases the power of God into our life when we honor God and honor others. I'm going to tell you this, that the flesh, when we operate in the flesh, we're not going to automatically gravitate towards honoring people. Because we're more self-absorbed, more self-focused than we are about being focused on others. It has to be intentional. You have to be intentional when you honor other people. It doesn't, it's, it's something where the focus has to be off of you and it has to be on other people. And when you do, it releases the power of God into the lives 
of those that you are also reaching out to, but also your own life. Is this speaking to anybody? Okay, now, I have probably, as I do always, more content than I have time. But I want to show you how the power of God works in people's lives. 1 Peter chapter 3, real quick. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers not be hindered. When we're not honoring like we should honor, it hinders our prayers. Why? Because it limits the power of God from working in our life. It limits God from walking in and being able to do what He wants to do and needs to do in our lives. It hinders our prayers. And I'm just giving you a few. You ought to go look them up. There's tons. But Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise, that it may be well. I like to put it this way, that it may be better for you. That it may be better with you and that you may live a long life on earth. It prolongs your life. Some of you have been concerned about your life. Start honoring God and don't worry about it. Start honoring people and don't worry about it. Amen? First Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work in preaching and teaching. It says, as pastors, we should be receiving double honor. And I'm going to tell you, even among ministers, and I'm not, I'm not saying this so, so that you can do that. I, I think our people do a great job loving me and loving us. Okay, But I'm telling you, as a, as a society, people do, I mean, as a society, people do not honor, uh, they don't honor their pastors, they don't honor their churches, they don't honor their spiritual leaders on the level that they once did. It's just not happening. That's my granddaughter. Come on, come on up here. Come, come, come and see Poppy, okay? He, she's just preaching me on. She said, just preach, Poppy, just preach. Amen. Let me tell you something. A lack of honor also does this. It does a couple of things. It will, it, in our relationship, a lack of honor... Regardless of the relationship, it breeds insecurity both in you and, and the other person. We just feel insecure. So what I want to do is I want to talk to you about what is honor. Romans chapter 12, verse uh, 9 through 10. I had a, had a, while you're looking it up or if turning there, or I don't, some of you just look, look on the screen, but uh, while, while you're doing that, I had this man one time that was uh, this family in our church just got disgruntled about something. And, 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 and I'm, I've said it before in our church, if, you, if you're looking for something to be disgruntled about, you're going to find it. You find what you're looking for. But I'm telling you, there's so far more good that if you look for the good, 
it'll far outweigh that that the bad that, that you find. Do you understand? There's, uh, there's far too many, too many good things that you can honor rather than the, the few bad things that you could dishonor. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you mad, I'm sure. There's going to be opportunities. We're in relationship, and when any good relationship, there's always going to be some friction, and that's okay. I think God allows some friction so that he can do some work in our own lives. And we just got to work through it. We need to get over it, go to Lowe's, get a ladder, climb up, and get over it. Amen? We just got to do that. And so you're going to find, you're going to find some bad. You're going to find some bad, and you just got to start looking for the good, okay? So just understand this. But Romans chapter 12 says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving God. I'm going to be passionate about this thing. Amen? Do it as unto the Lord. So lack of honor limits what God can do. Honor lifts and and empowers what God wants to do in our lives. So what is honor? I looked it up. That word honor means to praise, to celebrate, to revere. In the original Greek, it means valuable. So first of all, it means to treat as valuable. Are we... Treating our relationships as being valuable. Are we esteeming our relationships and lifting them up above? Are we? Scripture tells us here that we're to we're to honor others above ourselves. In other words, are we valuing our relationships above our own selves, or do we come first? Or do we come first? Let's be honest in this house. Most of us are probably honoring ourselves above our relationships. That we come first. I'm number one. And and we're not considering how we're treating others and esteeming others or not esteeming others, okay? So it means to value. We need to put value. We need to celebrate people. Are we valuing them to a point where we celebrate them? Are we just tolerating them in our lives? Second, second thing I want to share with you. That word, that word honor also means to see as weighty. So it means to treat as weighty. Doesn't mean to treat, and, and, and a lot of people are thinking, what is in the world does that mean? It means don't treat lightly. Don't treat it lightly. Don't take your relationships lightly. Treat them with value. They're important. Make sure that you and I are are not treating them as common and ordinary. Too often we look at our relationships and we think, well, that you know, I can take them or leave them. There's some people I just it just boggles my mind how they can just kind of walk in a relationship and walk out as if no big deal. There's no honor in that. And I'm here to tell you, you are setting yourself up for a powerless life. We need to, we need to honor people. Scripture tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, it says, Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. 
Love the brotherhood. Honor who? All people. And honor and it tells us to honor the king. So there's this guy. I don't remember if I finished this story, but he was a part of our church. And uh, and he was coming to church and he got disgruntled. And again, he 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 could you could find something to be disgruntled about. And uh, great, great people love, you know, great people. But let me tell you something. A seed can cause a harvest in your heart. When you allow one little bit of seed of dishonor, that little seed can grow up into a harvest of dishonor. Does that make sense? And that that began to happen in his life. And and he came to me. He says, you know, Pastor, I believe that God has me here or has our family here. He said, but, he says, I, I really, I really want to go. He says, but I'm here out of obedience. Now, I should have told him go. And that was years and years ago. We hadn't been here, but, uh, you know, a church, I was a young pastor and still learning and still am learning. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, the Bible tells us if we'll be willing in obedience, we'll eat the best of the land. That God's looking for our willingness, our heart attitude behind our actions. And so he had the actions, right actions, wrong attitude. And so I want to I share with you in closing, really quick, I want to share with you in closing uh, how we can have honor active in our life. Number one, first of all, and it's a sub a point to this third one, uh, actually these two, number one is honor is a choice. We choose to honor people. The Bible says here that we are to honor all people. All people can be honored. We can do it. It's a choice. Are you with me? It's a choice. Matthew chapter, uh, well, I'll tell you in a minute. Number two, uh, uh, honor is a heart attitude. It's not just a, I'm going to honor them, I'll, I'll honor them. I'm choosing to honor them. But you've got to have the right attitude behind it. I already made that uh, comment earlier. Um, uh, Matthew 15, 8, it says, The people drew near to me with, with their mouth and honored me with their lips, but their heart was far from me. God says, you've you got to have the right heart attitude. And then I close with this. Honor is a gift we give. It's something that we give as a gift. Respect is something that is earned, but honor is a gift that we give. Respect is something that is earned. Or some people are just not very respectful. I mean, you, you, they, I mean, you just... Because of the way they, they conduct their lives and live their lives, it's hard to respect them. Isn't that right? Yes. But you can't honor them. You can still treat them as value, as valuable, and you can still treat them as weighty in that you can, you can not take their, that relationship lightly. If God has them in our life, then they must have a purpose in our life. Therefore, I'm going to honor them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to treat them with kindness. I'm not going to uh, skirt around them. I'm going to invest in them. I'm going to, I'm going to do what is necessary in their lives so that I can add value to their lives. And I believe if we'll do that, that 
in this honor-free f- society that we can have a movement that will radically change people's lives. Let me tell you something. The power of God is only going to be manifested where there's honor. He could only do a few things. And I'm here to tell you, we need to start honoring at the highest level. There's no way that that can be done if we are selfish in our life. Honor others above ourselves. Let's pray.